Hey y'all, just popping in for a quick note before the podcast. This episode is all about building resilience and using the body to self-regulate. We realized after recording the initial episode that although the concepts we presented in the show are still totally valid, we forgot to mention how freaking difficult practicing self-regulation can be. Full stop. But especially for those of us navigating trauma or those of us who live in places that call for hypervigilance to keep ourselves safe. So if that's you, know that your journey is felt. It's shared and seen, and that resilience building, especially as you reintegrate your body into your experience, is best done with skilled professionals and with others. We love you, and we hope that you enjoy the show. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. The Leadership Gap. The Leadership Gap. The Leadership Gap. The Leadership Gap. A podcast of unboring conversations and practical tools intended to have you bridge your own leadership gaps. We're your hosts, Jonathan Miller, he, him, and Laura Banks, she, her. Well, hello. Heyo. Welcome to the Leadership Gap. The Leadership Gap, the sickest podcast. Sick. On the planet. (laughs) Sick. (laughs) And um, this episode, we're talking about how to keep your shit together in difficult situations. Should we, like, bleep that? No. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to talk a lot about um, resilience, because this is, like, a huge topic in leadership. Buzzword. Buzzwords in leadership. We're going to talk about resilience. We're going to talk about what it is. We're going to talk about not just what it is, what it actually is. Yeah, what it really actually is, because we've been, like, seeing the space, and it doesn't really seem like people know what it really is. Yeah, there's a lot of talking about resilience. Um, I also think what's missing is that there's not a lot of talk about like concrete steps on how to build one's resilience. And we're going to lead you through um, a series of questions and ideas that is actually going to bring us to place where we have a new understanding of resilience and clear action steps on how to, no kidding, build your resilience. So what is resilience? Okay, I guess we got to start with those good old definitions. Yeah, I love this part of the podcast. Resilience, the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. Mm. Okay. Sounds like a good skill to have. That sounds, that sounds like a skill for any leader, um, any human being, I would say. Especially now? Yeah. We're all going to have difficult situations happening all the time. Being able to recover quickly from them, super useful. We're really going to be focusing on... Personal resilience. Yeah, one type of resilience, personal resilience. There's social resilience. There's business resilience. Um, we're talking about, and from a personal standpoint, being a leader, being a person. Um, how do we build that personal resilience? How do we keep our shit together in those difficult situations as a person? Yeah, and so why is that important? It might be obvious to some people, but why is it important to be able to keep our shit together? What I wanted to bring in was a definition that we used, I think it was in episode one where we talked about what is leadership. It's mm. it's from this uh, awesome paper that we love by Amanda Blake. Yeah. And it talks about the definition of leadership. And what we loved about this definition is that it looks at leadership not from only an other's perspective, but actually also from the self perspective. And I think that that is a key aspect of leadership is being able to manage oneself. And so she talks about this idea of a leader knowing how to manage their own reactions when pressure and stress and obstacles and conflicts and competing priorities are present. So when it comes to being resilient, being able to manage oneself, um, 
is going to be critical to overcoming those difficulties. I actually think of this, I watched this webinar with uh, Mark Walsh, who's an embodiment trainer. And he talked about how when you, when you want to be like a really great leader in a crisis situation, when you want to show off that resilience, you definitely don't want to be like the basket case walking around super stressed, like mm-hmm. panicking and stuff like that. If you are in a difficult situation, who would you gravitate toward? That person who's pacing frantically and yelling and pointing fingers or the guy who's walking around or the, the whoever is walking around. Oh, a nice catch. Yeah. The, the whoever is <laughs> walking around eating a bowl of cereal. <laughs> like I'm going to go to the person who's keeping their cool eating yeah, a bowl the, of cereal. So it sounds like resilience is actually one of the key qualities of being a great leader, at least a sustainable leader. And the other, the other uh, reason I think it's important to leadership um, there's there's a couple distinctions we love is the idea of uh, a response versus a reaction. Uh, a response being something that's like well thought out and a ra- reaction that's being something that's kind of like automatic. And if one has resilience, um, one can actually overcome that difficulty more quickly with a more thoughtful, careful response rather than a stressful automatic reaction. Um, so I just thought that those were mention- worth mentioning in terms of why they're important to leadership. Okay, so we want to get into the how, of course, always. Um, and, you know, the question remains, like, how does one build resilience? Because we know it's important. So how do you build it? Well, we're going to stop you there because that's actually not the right question to start with. Wait, what? What? Really, what we want to look at is if resilience is all about overcoming difficulties um, and dealing, responding, if you will, to difficult situations, then what are the common threads in those difficult situations? And what does recovering quickly from them look like? Yeah, that that is a cool question, right? So rather than just honing in on this like building resilience question, which I think is is, is our immediate jump to, we're thinking about how we resp- how we react to difficult situations That's and right. what it looks like to recover from them quickly. So let me, we're running late. Laura, we are running late. Oh my God. We are going to miss. This is the worst. <laughs> we're running late. We got to go or else we're going to miss all of our appointments today. How do you, what's going on for you? Probably shortness of breath. I'm running around the apartment, trying to do like trying to blow dry my hair and brush my teeth at the same time. <laughs> like quick, um, quick movements. Yeah, eating, eating, you know, breakfast really quickly. Just being completely, you know, lost in the future, not in the present, mm. and also like that sense of worry. Yeah, what I love uh, that you how you started that was actually by going right into your body, mm. um, because that's what. Um, I like to focus on whenever there's any emotions involved, particularly, right? Uh, and we know that emotions are just like a huge part of life and a huge, huge part of being a great leader is managing your emotions. So it's stressful, needless to say, right? Difficult situations are stressful. They're usually stressful. And stress shows up in our body, right? Stress is an emotion. It's a feeling. It's something we feel literally in our body. And so that's where actually Laura and I uh, invite you, our wonderful listener, to look first. When you're in a difficult situation, how does that show up for you in your body? So, Laura, you mentioned uh, shortness of breath. Uh, where else in your body does uh, it show up in a stressful situation? What what kind of happens physiologically? Yeah, be- uh, my heart starts beating. Maybe I get hot. I feel like my awareness is like less centered and it's more kind of 
out there in the world. That doesn't make sense, but that's how that's how it shows up for me. And I know for me, it's like uh, tightness in my jaw, uh, maybe my shoulders. I've met other people with they get tension in their back, um, hot like uh, heat in their face or their limbs. There's like uh, a million different ways. It's going to show up differently for everyone. Yeah, everyone's different. At the end of the day, though, there's a bodily reaction that's attached to this stressful reaction to a stressful situation. And if that goes unnoticed. The way that you relate to those sensations in the body is that it keeps producing stress. I think what's worth looking at here is in these difficult situations, what's going on is um, those situations, they actually activate our threat detection system, like our built-in threat detection system. We may, we, know, we may know this as like the fight-flight kind of response, and they're instinctual these this reaction right so if you're feeling stressed like we're running late or something like that or um maybe something legitimately dangerous is happening you're gonna hop into that fight flight there's all sorts of physiological reactions you're gonna have oh you definitely become my enemy yeah (laughs) i I become your enemy absolutely (laughs) um by the way when we say fight flight we mean there there's a, a whole extended um a whole extended range of reactions. A buffet, if you a, will. <laughs> a buffet. Fight, flight, freeze, fawn, befriend. Ten. Faint. Whatever whatever it is, we're just going to refer to it as fight, flight. Keep it simple. The biology of this is different, but we're going to specifically talk about the fight, flight response just for for ease. Um, and so we're talking about the the sympathetic nervous system being activated. When the sympathetic system does get activated. Uh, I wanted to share, Laura and I wanted to share some fun facts about what happens in and around your body uh, that you may not even realize that are happening. So fun fact number one. Blood rushes away from your prefrontal cortex and the logical, rational thinking part of your brain becomes unworkable. So blood rushes from away from that rational, logical part of your brain And it flows to other parts of your brain that are going to be, you know, making motor movements without you even really being able to think consciously about it. And John, what's behind door number two? Door number two, your body releases a slew of hormones from cortisol all the way to adrenaline to prepare your body for a fight-flight response. This exists to help you escape from a physical threat, not really to help you escape from a fight with your partner or a coworker. Yeah, you've heard the you've probably heard the overused example of the saber-toothed tiger and blah blah blah. Um, yeah, it's that same system that's meant to keep us safe, and um, it's keeping us safe while we're having conversations with the people that we love in our lives as well. And door number three, really interestingly, actually. Um, is that when you're in a fight-flight response, you experience literally your ear shapes change, like the shapes of your ear uh, canals change so that you actually hear less and you have, I think it's like a 30% reduction in vision. So your vision actually gets tunnel visioned. So you literally see and hear fewer options and you stop listening to others and taking in new information. Let's let's take a quick pause here. I want to do a quick recap here. We're talking about how to keep your shit together. Yeah, like how to keep your shit together in a fight-flight response. That's right. And 
uh, we 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 are suggesting that the antidote is just kind of re- resilience, right? Because the keeping your shit together happens in difficult situations. Resilience is is actually meant to help you overcome those difficult situations. And what we're suggesting is uh, we don't want to look too much at resilience yet. What we actually want to understand is what's going on in these difficult situations. So we talked about all the different ways um, that stress your body shows up. reacts yeah. to stress. That's right. And there's like a whole plethora of ways. It's personal and there's also some universal things that happen. And so it sounds like really resilience is about regulating your body, regulating your internal experience. It's really about self-regulation. And that's the really big idea that we actually have seen very few people talk about, um, about resilience, is that resilience is actually like self-regulation. Yeah. Regulating yourself, regulating your stressful reactions in difficult situations is you being resilient. Mm-hmm. And when you put it that way, I mean, it sounds super simple. Yeah, because it, then it becomes this thing where you just have deliberate practices to make sure that, you know, you're filling up your cup and you're making self-regulation easy uh, for yourself. And and, then, and this is something that, you know, you and I, we take on regularly. We'll talk about some of our practices. Um, and you can't um, necessarily take this on without knowing that. It has to do with self-regulation. Totally. And now that we do know that, what really is the how? Let's talk about a few strategies. So let's actually, I'm wondering, I know we talked a lot about the body because self-regulation is about the body. Um, let's talk about a few simple cognitive exercises, if you will, because these, these are the common exercises that you'll see in a lot of blog posts about resilience, and they are still worth acknowledging because they do help. There's just things like managing your perspective, um, which you can check out, by the way, episode Number five. Number five of the podcast. Last Thank episode. You. That's right. Uh, about managing your perspective, you know, separating stories from the actual facts of what's happening. Definitely an important thing to be able to do. That cognitive experience, if you will, can be managed. But we're talking about body management right now, body regulation. And so there's a few ways that we can do this. There's actually a plethora of ways we can do this, but we're just going to talk about a few today. And the first one that we have experimented with and find to be quite useful is centering practice. So I'm wondering if it's worth in our episode right now to actually just walk people through a quick centering practice because you can do this at any time. It literally takes less than 30 seconds. Um, I know this is something that we do quite regularly. Um, Laura, why don't you take us through uh, the ABCs of centering? Literally, ABC. Okay, so wonderful. Yeah, so you can do this exercise seated or standing with your eyes open or your eyes closed. And I invite you to first become aware of the things around you in the room. Do you know any colors, any light, any darkness? And then I invite you to become aware of the breath. Maybe you sense your chest flowing up and down, air coming in and out of your nose or mouth. You might want to even take a deep breath here and release. And now we'll look at balance. So just balancing 
the body back and forth, side to side, finding that center. And finally, relaxing the core. So noticing any tension in the body from head to toe, doing a scan of your face, your shoulders, your stomach, your hips, your legs, even your feet, your limbs. And just releasing as much tension, any micro tensions, as you breathe out your next breath. And that's the ABCs of centering, awareness, balance, and core relax. You'll notice that took like a minute or so, um, just because I'm, I'm kind of introducing it to you for the first time, and um, it requires language to do that. Um, it, 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 it took a little bit longer, but, you know, we can do that in 10 seconds, 30 seconds. You can even use that process over the course of five minutes. It really just depends on, you know, what intention you want to bring to it. That's right. So awareness, getting aware of the body, getting aware of what's around you, balance, finding balance, whether you're seated or standing, and then relaxing your core, your brow, your jaw, whatever it is in your core. Another thing that we want to talk about in terms of a way to build that resilience to self-regulate is self-regulating through your emotions and allowing yourself to really experience the emotions and the tension in your body. So what that might look like is taking a deep breath. It always feels good to take a breath. And, and it really is a self-regulating uh, activity. Taking, uh, I know that when I get agitated, when I'm stressed, uh, I tend to breathe very shallow and quickly. Um, and so kind of countering that with a deep breath really helps. Um, crying, yelling into a pillow, um, just really shaking out your body. Something that I've been exper uh, experimenting with actually is actually taking a lot of um, short, uh, short inhales, kind of like hyperventilating on purpose. Um, that has worked surprisingly well for me as well. That and and that and specifically, I think is a great because um, that's one thing I think it's important to uh, note about self regulation. Self regulation can be done in both ways, right? So if you're really calm and overly um, like tired and not alert, one thing you can do is you can breathe quickly. You can take those quick breaths to actually stimulate yourself to make you more attentive and focused. Um, and I and uh, I know at least in my head. Uh, I don't have usually that issue. My issue is that I, I may be too agitated and I want to kind of calm myself down. But it kind of goes for both ways. Self-regulation is bringing yourself into just a regulated state yeah, from like wherever you are. Yeah, like equilibrium. Exactly, yeah. Another uh, thing that we recommend, um, something that we uh, focus on is having more emotional granularity. This is a fancy word, isn't it? <laughs> emotional granularity. Big ups to Lisa Feldman Barrett. She wrote this book called How oh, Emotions Are Made. Oh, that's a great book. It's very a, technical. Very technical book. Very easy to read as well. Emotional granularity is, as you can imagine, being very granular with your emotions. So it really has to do with um, expanding your emotional vocabulary because emotions are so nuanced. Like, you can really get detailed about them. And uh, another person we love, uh, Dan Siegel, he has this idea of name it to tame it. So if you can actually name the emotion, uh, you're more likely to tame 
that emotion. Yeah, or even like naming an emotion, like a positive emotion, because we have like negative biases, right? So like, what's the granular difference between joy and happiness, you know? Like really focusing on developing your awareness and um, affinity for positive emotions as well as uh, being able to identify negative emotions and their granularity, I have found really, really helps for me. In terms of pr- other practices that I know, Laura, you and I take on, uh, I mean... Uh, can I just say exercise? Yeah, okay. Like, I've started exercising every day again, and I literally am literally a different person. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, so it's, again, it's related to that body as a tool, as a, you know, exercise as a tool to self-regulate the body, which actually allows you to... Uh, expel energy. M- expel energy, manage stress better, and overcome those difficult situations more quickly and more easily, right? Mm-hmm, because you're not primed in, like, a... a a hyper caution kind of mode because you've expelled that energy through exercise. We also have a regular meditation practice, which checks in with our body. From time to time, we do other activities, uh, TRE, trauma release exercises. exercises. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. Uh, five rhythms dancing. Oh, I lo- it's a form of ecstatic dance. I yeah. do that two times an embodiment. a week. And um, one thing I also do is I set an hourly chime. <laughs> Some people might think it's really annoying, but at the end of the day, every, and every hour, there's a little chime that goes off while I'm awake. And uh, I just use that. Yeah, I just use it as a cue to check in with my body, do the ABCs really quick, like in less than five seconds, sometimes even if I'm like in the middle of something. Um, really, really helpful. So to recap all the things that um, you, our wonderful listener, can take on, we got ABC. Just choose one, by the way. Yeah, choose choosing one. Choosing all of them will be overwhelming. That's right. So, <laughs> so whatever resonates with you most. Yeah, that's ABCs right. of centering, uh, managing your perceptions. You can get into that a little bit in more granular detail in the last episode. You can experience your emotions freely, um, practice emotional granularity, kind of that name it to tame it. Journaling. We didn't talk about journaling. We didn't journaling. talk about journaling. Journaling is also great. If you're yeah. into journaling, go for it. It's yeah, great. Yeah. I, I like to do um, like morning pages, just uh, free style writing for 20 minutes. It, it, it really is great. Yeah. Those are the those are the practices we have. Yeah. I'm sure that there are a buffet. I like buffet. I think I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> There's a a big buffet of of practices you can take on. I'm sure you can google it, but these are our suggestions on things that we've used uh to to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, and to self-regulate ourselves. And the more we self-regulate, the more we can kind of achieve a self-regulated state more quickly, more easily. And that's resilience 101, baby. That's just, that's what it is. Baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> some final words. I think I just want to add in that, um, you know, we're, we're, we're all practicing, right? You and I, I know, Laura, we, these are practices of ours. We're definitely not masters by any means. I feel like the more resilient I get, the more I keep putting myself into more and more <laughs> difficult situations, like bigger and bigger projects and, you know, more, um, I set more ambitious goals and it's like, yeah, so it really kind of is a testament, like the resilience building piece is a testament to, you know, what, ta-ta, but also just like living a, living a life that you enjoy while staying committed to working through difficult 
scenarios, whether yeah. it's on a global or personal level. Yeah. So wherever you are on that spectrum, uh, I want to share with you, our listener, uh, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. If you can, you can mess up. We're all going to keep messing up and it's totally fine. We're all in this together. And it's okay if you feel resilient one day and then the next day you are just totally off the rails. That is my experience. <laughs> <laughs> And so we just want to encourage you to keep practicing. You're bound to be successful. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Level 7 Leadership, a leadership group who works with social impact entrepreneurs to develop their leadership skills so that they can take on the world's to-do list, minus the burnout. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe and leave us a review. Oh, or send us an email. That'd be really fun. And for more information on what we do, you can check us out at level7.is. That's level7 with the number 7.is. Music is by the very talented Shinogo. You can find him on Spotify or wherever you get your music.